Are you taking care of your teeth? Let Spirit Dental help you find a dental plan that's right for you. Visit spiritdental.com forward slash brain and get your $100 lifetime deductible today. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain. My name is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about in this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. All right, a lot going on in the world today. As I'm recording this, it is Friday, 6-12-2020, June 12th, and um, COVID is happening, and the Black Lives Matter protests are going on, and it just seems that the world has a lot to talk about right now, and uh, I think when we focus on especially the protests, you know, that kind of has uh, taken over all the COVID news, even though COVID seems to be now increasing, but Let's look at the the protest, for example. Um, I really think what's happening is exactly what needs to happen in order to make a change. Now, yes, the protests are all about a very specific uh, problem that's been happening for many, many years now. And I think when we look at people protesting, protesting in itself is a huge investment of time and energy and it can be scary. It can be really scary to go out there and be a person that wants to see the change and face opposers. It can be very difficult when you're going up against authority figures, when you're out there uh, spreading a message and trying to make a change. But sometimes changes require massive, scary steps. And in this case, a massive scary step for one person could be facing off against an authority figure that is pepper spraying them in the face. That's scary. I mean, you don't want to face that. Or worse, you know, there's there's other things happening with protests that are certainly a lot worse than pepper spray, but nobody wants that. Yet people are taking the risk. They're going out there. They're putting themselves in harm's way knowing they could be injured, knowing they could be hurt, knowing they could be exposed on national television, which is you know a good part of this because it seems that change is happening already and getting yourself out there, putting yourself in the public eye is a great way for change to happen, of course. Uh, but again, the risk, you know, we, we take these risks for a change. And if you want a change in your life, I think it's a good thing to compare what the protesters are doing and compare it to what you do in your life to make the changes that you need to make. Now, those are wildly and vastly different comparisons, but maybe not depending on your situation. But I like to look at something that's happening on a global scale and see the results that they're getting 
and ask myself, how can I apply this at a local scale? Now, I'm not talking about it has to be any big cause, but if you treat some of the changes that you need to make in your life that haven't taken place yet as a cause, suddenly you might have more energy, more confidence, and be more willing to do what it takes to do to make the change. I mean, think of some of the relationships that you have or have had in your life that if you had taken a bigger step toward making a change, that the situation would have resolved sooner. You know, if you were in a bad relationship, if you were around toxic people, if you were in a bad situation in life, sometimes we have to take those big, scary steps. I, I keep thinking of Tony Robbins. He calls it BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. But I look at them as big steps, you know, a big step toward something different or some change that you want to make in your life. When you think about the changes that you have wanted to make in your life, those changes often, they didn't come naturally or easy. They, they took some effort. They took a lot of willpower. They took a lot of maybe healing. Like maybe you were in a situation and you were unhealed and you were very dependent on that situation even though you didn't like it. You know, I look at uh, toxic relationships, for example. My mom was in a relationship with my stepfather for a number of decades. And her big, scary step toward change never happened. She never took the steps to change and just continued hoping and waiting for him to make that change, which, even though he was highly dysfunctional uh, and scary to be around, he would still have to make scary steps for himself because he was so dependent on her because when he drank and passed out, she would take care of him and take care of everything else. Um, so he was not capable of doing a lot of things. He was mostly functional, and he said he loved her very much and always wanted to be with her and, and never wanted to leave her. So for him to make a change of leaving her, that would have been a big step for him as well. But he eventually did leave her, and there's a whole backstory there I won't get into, but uh, he eventually did leave, and then my mom had a better life after that. Now she's much happier in a different relationship now, so everything's good on that end. But I look at her past, and she has too, where she could have made a change by taking a big scary step. And that big scary step, if she had treated like something bigger than herself, something greater than herself, something more important even than herself, that perhaps she could have taken that step. And that's a big order. I, I totally get it. It's a big order to expect someone to take such a scary step into what seems like the void or the unknown that it is very difficult to say, why don't you just do this? Like with my mom, I would say that over and over again for many years until I stopped saying it because I realized it was just creating a rift between us and it wasn't working. But I would say things like, why don't you just leave him? Why don't you get a divorce? Why don't you live with me and I will help you through this? And all of that sounds good and it would probably be very helpful if she was prepared to take that step, but she wasn't. She was not prepared and she just acted from a place of fear 
Leaving him would be scary. Leaving him would be dangerous. And all she could see is through these fear filters. Uh, you know, everything that she thinks might happen, she believes would happen. It's hard to see past the fear when your entire belief system is that when you do something, the worst will happen. But this is why it's sometimes or often very helpful to make something bigger than yourself. It's like the protesters. What they're protesting is much bigger than themselves, and it's about themselves. You know, black lives matter. They absolutely do. It's about themselves, and both black and white and all races and businesses and even police officers are out there saying, you know what, it's time for a change. And they know that by themselves, it's very difficult to make a change unless you take a stand. My girlfriend and I were on the road yesterday, and we saw this young white kid, teenager, on the corner uh, with a sign, and he was the only one protesting. He was the only one there, and he was all about Black Lives Matter. His sign said, say their names, victims of police shootings and maybe other things. And uh, wow, you know, you look at somebody like that, and this kid is taking a stand for something that probably isn't directly something he experiences in his daily life. I mean, I could be wrong there, but he's still out there taking a stand, knowing that he'll be by himself, and maybe he hoped other people would join him, but he knows that he's by himself, and he knows that in order for change to happen, you do have to take a stand. So he went out there, he did his part, knowing that this was much bigger than him, knowing that maybe nobody would notice or lots of people would notice, but it would never end up anywhere. It wouldn't end up in the newspaper. It wouldn't end up anywhere. He, he probably knew all of this stuff, yet he felt compelled, he felt determined to go out there and take a stand. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you want to see change in your life, you have to take a stand. You have to. I mean, if you can't make the change, I mean, that's the point. If you can't make the change on your own, if you can't tell someone that they're disrespecting you and to not do it again, and if they don't comply, then you might have to take a stand. If your boss is mistreating you and you say, look, I don't want to be mistreated. You have to stop doing that. Uh, in so many words, you might say that. And he or she doesn't stop. You might have to take a stand. Taking a stand could mean saying I quit or taking a stand could mean standing up to the person at the risk of losing your job. How about at the risk of looking foolish in front of your coworkers, you know, in this example? How about at the risk of being fired and humiliated in front of the whole team, the whole office or wherever you work? When you're willing to take a stand because your integrity matters more than you or your character matters more than you. I know I'm saying it a little weird. <laughs> your integrity matters more than you. Your character matters more than you. How about your um, peace of mind matters more than you? And all I mean by that is sometimes we identify with the fear of the consequences so that becomes who we are. Like I am afraid of the consequences. That is the person I am. That is what I am, and if I say anything, then this consequence will happen to me, so I am directly affected 
and you're so enmeshed in the fear of the consequences and what might happen and where your life might go if you take a stand, stand up for yourself, or make it known that you're unhappy or don't want to be mistreated anymore, don't want to be disrespected anymore. Sometimes you have to step outside yourself and say, you know what, that person, me over there, needs somebody to stand up for them. I need to stand up for that person. So this is bigger than you. This is how I look at it. This, this becomes bigger than you over there. You step outside yourself and you say, you know what, that's who I need to take care of. I had to do that once. When my stepfather showed up at my mom's house after they were separated for a while, he wasn't allowed in. And so in those nanoseconds where I had to make a decision on whether to let him in or not, if I let him in, I'm that little boy that was always afraid of him, or I am the adult that fears the consequences of not letting him in. Uh, What am I going to do? And in those nanoseconds, I decided to step outside myself and say, you know what? I have to stand up for something bigger than myself. That person over there, me, is afraid. I am scared. I don't want to say the thing I want to say. I'm too afraid. So I dissociate. I disconnect from myself and see me in that example, little child, the little child that has all these fears that he carried with him through his life about his stepfather. And I'm seeing this little child in front of me And all I want to do is protect that little child. And how do I do that? I stand up for that little child. I stand up for the inner child that is carrying the fear. So this is what I mean when you disconnect and see yourself over there and tell yourself, no, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm going to stand up for you because you are more important. Stopping this right here and now so it never happens again is bigger than you. And I'm taking a stand And it's scary to you, I understand that, but it's too important to me to not do this. And when you make it so important that you can't not do it, that's when change happens. It may not make the change that you want, you know, that person may never change, but when you stand up for yourself, then you make it less about what you fear, about what happens to you, and more about what changes that you want to see in your own world, in your own reality, in your immediate vicinity, in your family, in your friends. Because as you make that change, I mean, this is really skirting along Gandhi's quote. Again, I think I talked about this last week. Be the change you want to see in the world. Um, I think that the best way to approach that is to not live in your own fear. Step out of that fear. I know I make it sound easy, but it's not. But if you make it bigger than yourself saying, you know what, this is going to be lasting. This is going to be something that continues whether I'm here or not. So something needs to change. Something needs to happen. And if this is happening in my life, it will happen in someone else's life. So it's time to take a stand. It's time to make a change. It's time to do what I can to protect me, to protect them to protect more than me and them. Again, I'm just talking about making a change in your own life, but you can certainly spread it further out there and make it a bigger cause. Because when you make changes that are based on a cause, a lot of the fear can tend to diminish. I'm not saying it disappears. Sometimes you're still really scared and you do it anyway. But think about 
all the things that you could have done in your life that you decided not to because you were too afraid. I mean, maybe it's not you, but I know with me, in my life, there are so many times I wanted to tell my boss something, tell my girlfriend something, tell my wife something, do something that I knew I was too afraid to do and I wasn't going to do it and I didn't. But I think back, well, why didn't I do that? Damn it. (laughs) I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? It's not that I regret it. Uh, It's just that now that I am who I am, I can look back and think, whoa, I could have done all those things because facing my fear now, what I think is going to happen doesn't happen most of the time. In fact, every time so far. (laughs) I mean, every time I faced my fear, honored my boundary, said something I wanted to say, knowing that it could lead to some sort of uh, harm to myself. Whether somebody got angry with me, yelled at me, hit me, I expected those things and it never happened. So I'm not saying that it will never happen. There is still a reality here. We don't just go into fantasy land and think, I'm just going to step into my fear and know that nothing is ever going to happen to me because what I think is going to happen probably won't. It could but that's not even the message I'm trying to convey today. It's, it's remembering that, yes, it could happen, and I'm still going to take these steps. That is getting outside yourself. That is making it bigger than yourself. That is outgrowing who you are into a life that you want to see. You want to see these changes. And sometimes you do have to take these big, scary steps to make that change, to see a difference in your own life. And, you know, apply it to whatever you're going through. If you're in a terrible relationship, you might need to take a stand. You might need to say, you know what? I'm really sick of the way you treat me. I'm sick of it. And I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm done with that. That behavior, unacceptable. I'm done with it. You might have to do that. And I know that there can be a lot of fear in there. And I also know that if the fear is justified, like it might be a violent person, then you don't do that. Violent people, you don't do things like that. You have to pick your battles. You have to pick your battles wisely. But either you stay and honor yourself and be bigger than yourself so that you can protect yourself, so that you can live with integrity and and be proud of who you are and stand up for your character, stand up for how you want to live your life and the peace and joy that you want to experience in your life, you know, Most of us want to experience peace and joy, or at least at minimum peace. When there's something going on in your life that hasn't changed, that is always prevalent, that is always there, it's always stressful, and you don't want to deal with it, it might be time to stand up. might be time to stand up. And doing so leads to the changes that you want to see in your world. And you just may need to do something that you've never done before. You may need to stand up in a way that you've never stood up before. Maybe you've never stood up before in a certain area of life. Maybe it's time you did. And if something's too dangerous to stand up to, or you're just too scared to stand up to it, then what are you doing there? I mean, if you're around people or an environment that's just too dangerous to take a stand and face, what are you doing there? And I'm talking about, you know, the individual now, not the bigger picture like, the systemic racism and all that stuff. This may be one of those things where we look at it and think, how am I going to fix this? How can I do anything about it? And this is where it is absolutely bigger than yourself, even though it's about yourself. 
and how do you tackle something bigger than yourself? You have to become bigger. This is why there are so many protesters. They are standing and acting as one and spreading the message, making their voices loud, making it clear what they want to see, what changes they they want to see implemented, who they want to see made accountable, and making it known that they're not going to back down until these changes are made. Imagine doing things like that for yourself. Imagine doing things like that for the people that you love, for your family, for your friends, for anyone that you love, for anyone that you're connected to, and for those that have a bigger cause that want to see the changes in their country and in the world. I think it's a great thing to look at in your own life too. So I am all for all of the above that I just talked about. Again, it's not easy. When I've made changes in my life, they usually, almost always, required big, scary steps. And those big, scary steps, once they're taken, you can feel the change almost right away. If not because somebody outside you changes, which is usually not what happens, uh, but because you feel different inside and you won't settle for anything less than the changes that you want to see in your life. We'll be right back after this. I'm going to read you an email. might not be related to this particular topic, but we'll be back and we'll see where we go with it. Great to have you here today. Be right back. Healthcare insurance through the healthcare marketplace, and I thought, hey, why don't I just get dental insurance too? And so I looked at the plans, and I thought, um, wait a minute, this really doesn't cover anything. <laughs> it doesn't cover anything I need. And so I decided to not get it. And um, all this time, I have not had dental insurance, and it has bothered me. I need to work on my teeth, and I need to maintain my teeth. And so I am very happy to talk about Spirit Dental. They make it easy to find a dental plan that's right for you. And uh, with other providers, you could run into high deductibles, long wait periods, and expensive procedures that might not even be covered. But Spirit's trusted plans include guaranteed acceptance, no wait period for major services, and a $100 lifetime deductible. This to me is a no-brainer. It is absolutely something I encourage you to check out over at spiritdental.com forward slash brain and you'll get a quote in about 60 seconds and you know I was on their website uh, even yesterday looking at the cost they actually break it down on what you'd pay spirit what you'd pay humana what you'd pay even AARP and also what you get for what you pay for and there's really no doubt in my mind that this is the way to go so I'm encouraging you if you don't have dental insurance and you want to take care of your teeth and you should want to take care of your teeth head over to Spirit Dental it's really quick as soon as you sign up and you get that magic policy effective date you can start using your insurance for everything from cleanings and checkups to major services and orthodontics just let your dentist know that you have coverage and you're all set I highly recommend you go over to spiritdental.com forward slash brain and be prepared so that an unexpected emergency doesn't turn into a costly dental bill that you weren't planning on. Seriously, check them out. See what they have to offer. Their plans combine the best in affordable pricing and comprehensive coverage. 
spiritdental.com forward slash brain. Welcome back. I got an email that I want to read to you. It has a lot to do with what I was just talking about, about taking those big, scary steps. And uh, sometimes it's not really a step. It's just standing up, standing up for yourself. You know, I look at it as steps. I look at when you stand up for yourself, when you honor yourself, when you tell people what you want, when you tell people what's acceptable and what's not. All of this, I believe, is always a step in the direction of that uh, helps you the most, helps you mentally and emotionally and sometimes even physically, well, often even physically because without the mental and emotional strength training that you do, you practice, it's hard to keep up physically because you, you get physically worn out by trying to go against the system, your own system a lot of the times where you want to do something, you want to accomplish something, but somebody or something stands in your way. And that sounds confrontational. I don't mean it to be that way, but uh, let me just read you the email and I'll give you an example of this. Uh, This person wrote, I recently resigned from my job that I enjoyed for years, but they had a new manager and it became a very toxic place to work. I stuck it out for about a year in the hope that he would move on soon and also because my financial situation meant I just couldn't leave. I was considered the workplace rock star. I was productive and positive. I contributed much to the improvement of the business, and it was me that people came to for guidance, help, and ideas. For the last few months, things changed. The workload became undoable. I began making mistakes because everything I did had to be rushed. We were doing things that didn't sit well with my ethics, and I felt like I was just flailing about. I think I was suffering from burnout. Then I made a big mistake with serious consequences, and that was what broke the camel's back. I resigned with no job to go to, which to me felt extremely risky, but I felt I had no choice. I feel angry at my previous manager for forcing me to leave my job that I enjoyed. Now I have started a new job, and I find that I've completely lost my mojo and confidence. Although I know this job well, as it's very similar to the last, I'm constantly unsure of myself. I have trouble making decisions, speaking up in meetings, engaging with people, and I worry that others will think I'm not competent. My care factor is very low. I often have to go to the bathroom so no one sees me cry. How can I get over this bad workplace experience? That's tough. Thank you so much for writing that and for expressing that to me. What this person is talking about is they had a negative experience and now a similar experience all these negative associations come to mind. Everything that happened at her last job, all the bad stuff, is now playing a part in her responses and reactions to the world. And when that happens, it's like being in a bad relationship and seeing all the red flags of the relationship and then getting into a new relationship and seeing similar flags, but they're not really red flags, but it's similar behaviors. And you're worried, well, is this going to happen again? And then you can't really be too vulnerable around this person or you you don't want to fall in love around this person or you just have all these safeguards up so that you don't get hurt again or that you need to protect yourself and when that happens you are pretty much stuck in the past you're worried that if i do my job or if i'm in this relationship again if i'm all in 
then uh, am I going to just get hurt again? Or am I just going to get fired again? Or am I going to resign again? So the whole point is all these negative associations, they're the emotional triggers that we carry with us into new situations, but it's old stuff. So yes, there's, you know, I talk about emotional triggers in other episodes, certainly look that up at the overwhelmedbrain.com. But um, let me tie this into what I was talking about, about taking big, scary steps. And it has to do with, in this person's case, when she was in her last job. When the job changed, there's a point probably that uh, this person decided not to speak up when something was either against her ethics or something wasn't sitting with her right. And instead of speaking up, instead of saying something, she just kind of pushed along. She just tried to get through each day and tried to make the better of it. And she even said, I was just waiting for this new manager to leave. So she didn't want to risk her job. So instead, she decided to stay. But what happened? I mean, we know what happened. She stayed. She went through all this toxic stuff. And then she brought this toxicity with her into the next job. So I think if this isn't ingrained in you yet, it should be that the longer you allow behavior that you don't agree with, or the longer you're around behavior that you don't agree with, then the more you get exposed to it and the more likely you won't be able to shake it off and the more likely you'll be carrying it with you into the next situation. So she probably found another good job and it paid her what she needed. And now she's experiencing this post-traumatic stress from her last job. And she's trying to shake it off. She's trying to get through it. And she needs to in order to perform her job well and not feel stressed. And here we are in the same situation. So A, yes, we need to make sure that when your situation changes, your relationship, your job, or something more global, like we were talking about Black Lives Matter and the protesting and all the important stuff that comes up, when something is toxic or wrong, you can continue allowing yourself to be exposed to it, or you can make a stand even at the cost of losing something, even at a sacrifice. And this is scary. I'm not saying that you should do this. I'm not saying that everyone can do this. But I've learned that when I'm in a toxic situation, if I don't stand up, I am worse off for not doing that. I am worse off for not honoring myself because that toxicity lingers. It goes with you. It carries into your future. You don't want to carry toxicity into your future. You don't because it will make you emotionally ill. It will have an effect on you. It will become traumatic. You will have nightmares. You'll feel like this person. She feels incompetent. She feels like she probably can't trust herself. She feels like maybe if she does something wrong that somebody will yell at her or fire her. And that's no way to live. You can't do it to yourself. So this is part A of my answer is that as this stuff starts in your life, if everything's going pretty decently and then something happens, something changes, if you don't stand up, if you don't speak up, if you don't do something about it, it continues and then it affects you and then it changes your life, not for the better. 
typically, it doesn't change your life for the better the longer you are exposed to it. And I love to look at it as radiation. It's like you're getting radiation poisoning. In a bad relationship, it's relationship radiation. In a bad job environment, it's uh, job radiation or occupation radiation, whatever you want to call it. It's just these catchy buzzwords that can help you remember this so that when it's happening, you can say, oh, this is job radiation or vocation radiation, uh, and I'm being exposed to it right now. Wow, what am I going to do? I don't have a radiation suit that will take care of this because I'm in it every day all the time with these people. What am I going to do? I'm either going to quit to get away from it or I'm going to stand up and say, you know what? When you said that to me, it felt very disrespectful. Could you please not talk to me like that? Or, hey, you know what? I don't have enough resources to take care of the project that you're giving me. So I need to drop this project in order to do that project. Oh, you want me to do both projects? Well, it's not going to happen. I mean, that's a scary thing to think about when you think, wow, if I say that, I could get fired. But do you want to continue being irradiated with these toxic situations, with these toxic people? If you really try at what you do and you're being honest and you're a person of integrity and some boss comes along or some coworker comes along and says, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to overload you. They may not say this, but I'm going to give you all this work and I need it all done by Saturday and you know you can't do it or you know it's going to take way longer than you have and it's just going to stress you out. And it's not just a one-off thing. It's like, like kind of a pattern, a constant thing. It might be time to step up and stand up and say, look, I don't have the resources or the time to do this. So I need to take something off my plate in order to take care of this. You know what that feels like when you really step into that? Yes, it's scary. And yes, it shows that you are taking care of yourself. And again, I know this is a risky thing because there could be a boss out there that says, well, that's too bad then. If you can't handle it, I'll find somebody else that can and you're fired. And yes, this is a consideration. This is the sacrifice that you may need to put on your path in order to feel good about yourself, in order to feel healthy in yourself so that you don't bring the toxicity into your future. You don't want that lingering, sickening emotional toxicity, psychological toxicity. And if you don't like the word toxicity, use another word, but that's how I look at it, is that some people and some situations are so radioactive that you either need to take a stand and take care of yourself or know that it's just going to continue and you'll bring it into your future. So this is part A. Part B is what she's asking now. And let's see if I can address this. She says, um, I'm constantly having trouble making decisions, speaking up in meetings, engaging with people, and I worry that others will think I'm not competent and my care factor is low and I'm often crying in the bathroom. That's awful. Shouldn't have to do that, but it this is happening. So how do we deal with it? I think my answer to this is to be very, very clear what you can do efficiently and what you can't do efficiently. That's my first practical step toward this is just be clear what you can do efficiently and what you can't do. If they say, hey, I need you to create this spreadsheet and then give me a report on it and you can do that efficiently, then be confident that you can do that in yourself. I mean, maybe not in the workplace, but in yourself or work up to the workplace here in yourself, you know, you can do it and then decide in yourself that no matter what you are good at that, no matter what, even if it's something small, I'm good at 
sharpening pencils. <laughs> Something small. I'm good at that. I'm good at that. And decide that. Now, after you make a list of all the stuff you're good at, keep that in mind when you're at work. So when somebody says, hey, I need you to do this thing, and you remember, oh, I'm good at that. This is where you remember what your list says. Oh, yeah, I'm good at that. And then when you start to have a doubt in your mind, you can say, no, 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 I'm good at that. That's okay. But also think about what the doubt's about. If the doubt is about, well, what if I turn it in and they don't like it? What if they say something that I did something wrong? What if they say it took too long? So this is where the doubts start to fester in our mind is that we make up these scenarios that may, that could happen. And so when that happens, when we make up these scenarios that could happen, then again, we have to remind ourselves, no, I'm good at that. So even if they say something, that's when you stand up for yourself and you say, well, I know it's nothing I did wrong because I know I'm good at that or, or something like that. I mean, that sounds a little, again, confrontational, but you get into a space of knowing that what you did wasn't wrong. It was just not to their liking. I mean, you can even say, sorry, I don't like that, but I did a good job on it. Now, if you want me to do it differently, I'm happy to do that because I'm good at this. I mean, this is admitting, being proud of yourself that you know what you're doing. Oh, you don't like it? Okay, no problem. I'll fix it. You know, what do you need fixed? But not blaming yourself for doing it wrong because that's not the issue. Even if you really did it wrong, it's not the issue. The issue is they found something that needs changing. Even if they found something wrong, in general, you are good at this. And of course, you're going to make mistakes. It's just going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. Oh, I made a mistake. I'll take care of that. But never put it back on yourself saying, oh, I must not be that good. Because you know you're good. This is why I want you to establish a list of what you're good at. Or even great at. Or even highly proficient at. It's not about the mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. In fact, uh, my girlfriend, a musician, she says a good musician is defined by how they make up for their mistakes or something like that. Not exactly what she said, but it's the recovery. The recovery makes you good. I mean, yes, it would be great if you could do things without error, without mistakes. But I don't know too many people that do that. I mean, eventually we all make a mistake or two or three or ten and we just go, whoops, okay, I'll take care of that. But don't put yourself down for the mistakes. You can put yourself down if you got lazy and you decided not to do it or you decided that you're just going to half do it and hope they don't catch it. Then you can put yourself down. I have no problem with that. If you're purposefully not doing something or you just don't want to do it, that's fine. You know, that's, that's your choice. But yes, you might have to put yourself down for that. And maybe that's not the job for you, or maybe you're just not jazzed about being there, whatever. But then you have some legitimate concerns about yourself that should be said. But what about something you're good at? You know what? I think I'm good at podcasting. I create podcasts, sometimes two or three a week, and there's not a single episode where I haven't made a mistake. And you may not know it <laughs> because I edit it out. I take out my mistakes. I take out my coughs. I take out my hiccups. I take out my yawns. I take them all out. You never hear my mistakes. It's pre-recorded. I get to edit it before it goes out. And what you hear now 
is the ultimate perfect <laughs> podcast. Well, maybe it's not perfect, but still, I know it's good enough. I know that if somebody came along and said, hey, can you make a podcast about this? I know I can do it. No problem. But I will say this. People have said, hey, when you said that on your podcast, you were wrong, or I think you were trying to say this. Uh, it doesn't happen often because I edit all the shows, but when they say it and I listen to it and I go, oh, they caught me. I am wrong. I don't automatically go into self-loathing or self-insulting uh, or some sort of feeling incompetent or anything like that because I know, in general, I'm good at this. And this is what you need to do, too, for yourself. Say, in general, I am good at this. So I'm going to confidently do this and turn in this project or you know, submit my work, whatever it is, and I'm going to know that this is what I'm good at. If they don't like it, that's not a reflection of my competence. That's not a reflection of my skills. That's not a reflection of anything except what they were looking for. Now, they can put it in words that were meant to hurt me or offend me or be insulting, but that's when you stand up for yourself and say, hey, look, no need to be insulting. I'm good at this. If you were looking for something else, I'm happy to redo it. But you need to step back a little bit because what you said is disrespectful and I don't deserve that. I worked hard on this and I will do it again. I'm happy to do it again for you with what you're looking for. That's the risk. That's standing up for yourself with the possibility of losing something, with the possibility of consequence. And for the person who wrote this email, this is what I want you to start doing. I want you to own that you are good at things and those things you take confidence in because you know you're competent. And then when work happens, when your boss is there, when your coworkers are there and they're saying, oh, look how terrible this looks, you can say with confidence, well, I know I'm good at it, so let's take a look and see what needs to be changed because obviously your expectations are different than what I provided. This is confidence in yourself, and it does take work, yes. But this is why you own what you're good at, and you know you always have room for improvement. We all do, but you just come to that decision. No, I'm good at that, and I'm going to own that I'm good at it. And if someone says, you're bad at that, then it's okay to say, no, it's probably just something you didn't expect, or maybe I misunderstood you, and I'm happy to look at it again, or let's go over this and maybe we can write down exactly what you want and then I'll do it again. And I know I'm explaining a situation that could go a perfect way and there's all kinds of variables there. But the point is you are standing up for yourself and yes, there's risk. Yes, you could get fired. Yes, you could get yelled at. But we want to start changing these emotional triggers that we've carried in from our past. We want to make sure that we change our responses because our response might always go straight to fear. If our responses always go straight to fear, then where are we responding from? We're responding from fear. How do we change that? We start believing in ourselves before we even get in the situation. It's like a bad relationship, especially emotionally abusive relationships. You might start doubting yourself. You might start not trusting your instincts or not trusting your own decisions. And the idea is to look at your life and go, well, where do I make good decisions? in my life or before this is even better before the relationship or even the job started in another time of life what was i good at where did i trust myself the most what did i do well and write all those things down and start believing in yourself again 
I know there's a process there. Believing in yourself involves making decisions, making hard decisions where you know you could be wrong, but you make them anyway and just face it if you're wrong. Or when you're not wrong, uh, soak it up, <laughs> you know, absorb it saying, whoa, I was right about that. That's right. What that does is reinforce your decision-making ability. It reinforces trust in yourself. Um, I do have an episode on decision-making. Go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com, type in the word decisions or decision, and you will find the episodes I talk about good decision-making or rebuilding your decision-making. And that's important. You need to be confident in your decision-making. This is how I operate. Sometimes I make decisions that aren't right. <laughs> But I always make them with confidence. So stepping into your power, which I tell you at the end of every episode, is all about making decisions confidently at the risk you could be wrong. That's, again, this is all scary stuff. But once you start doing it, you start building or rebuilding that confidence, rebuilding that trust in yourself. And eventually you are convinced that you're not so bad after all. You're not broken. You're not incompetent. You are just dealing with other people's stuff. <laughs> their emotional triggers, their inability to communicate, their inability to look inward and realize, oh, maybe I'm the cause of all these problems. Maybe people don't like me because of me, not because of them. Those are the people that walk around in maybe some sort of ignorance and don't look inward, don't think they need healing and are just trying to control and manipulate other people or just making other people feel bad, trying to be on top, trying to stay superior. We have to watch out for those people because those people need more help than you. <laughs> I'm not saying you don't need help. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But the people that walk around in some sort of superiority and put you down and judge you, they have stuff to work on. And our job is to make sure that we don't absorb their stuff and make it hours. Don't want you to do that. Hope you got something from this. There's so much more we could talk about on this very subject, but I want to thank the person who wrote this email. I hope you're in a better situation now. This was a while ago. Uh, and if you're not, then keep listening, keep learning, keep growing inside of you, keep developing confidence by making decisions, even at the risk of being wrong. And definitely stand up for yourself. Sometimes you're the only person you got. And all the time, no matter what, 24-7, you're the only person you can count on. Yes, there are other people in our lives that we can count on, but what happens when they're not in the room? What happens when they're not in our lives? We have to count on ourselves, and there's no one better to count on than someone that you know will go to bat for you, stand up for you, and take care of you no matter what, even at the risk of sacrifice and the risk of loss. When I started taking chances, um, I'm not saying that everything will work out wonderfully and that risk led to a wonderful life. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying when you make you the most important thing in your life, then you don't allow anyone to trample upon it. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining me today. We'll be right back. I'll say my thank yous and my goodbyes after this.
Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you to head over to spiritdental.com forward slash brain and get your $100 lifetime deductible today. It's a great service and I highly recommend them. spiritdental.com forward slash brain. And I want to thank the patrons of the week. These are the financial backers, the supporters of the show that I am so grateful to have that uh, helps this show continue doing what we do over here almost seven years now. And some of these patrons have been around for a while backing the show and new members joining every now and then. The following patrons, these are patrons of the week. I read these every week. Uh, Linda, new member. Thank you, Linda. Thank you for your support. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining the patron program. Uh, John, another new member. John, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate both of you. Chelsea, Brian, Janet, all these names I recognize. Uh, John, John, I think this is a different John that renewed. John, you came back? Wow. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for renewing. And uh, Ron and Lisa. Lisa, I know who you are. And uh, Andrea, all of these people I recognize and I am so grateful for. Thank you, contributing patrons. You are the backbone of the financial support of the show. If you find value in the show and you want to give back, you can do that over at patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. And you can give a one-time donation. You can become a monthly supporter like these folks are. And, of course, when you're in the patron program, I give back. There's private episodes in there. There's workbooks and worksheets and um, a video archive and all kinds of goodies in there. So check it out, patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. And I want to tell you about my other podcast, Love and Abuse. If you are dealing with a difficult relationship, we kind of talked about some of those today. Difficult relationship in the in the form of somebody being controlling or manipulative or insulting or hurtful or bullying or intimidating. All of that I talk about over at loveandabuse.com. Highly recommend you check it out. And it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It can be any relationship. I've had people, they buy the workbook that I sell at that site and they tell me that um, they used it for their mother, they used it for their sister, they used it for their friend, and it is a huge, huge help with them. And of course, listening to the episodes will give you exactly what you need to do to help you out of those toxic situations I was talking about, or at least help you deal with them differently or communicate differently. So that's going to start helping you heal. Loveandabuse.com. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And I'm going to close the show with a question for you that I want you to sit on for a little bit and uh, see where it takes you. And that question is this. Think of something in your life that you wish was different, whether that's a person or a situation, that if you decided to take a stand or say something or do something that you know would be met with resistance. If you decided to do it and you know it would be met with resistance, but it would likely change your circumstances, what would you do or say? Now, I don't want you to just stop and say, well, I can't do that. If I did that, it would be a big problem, so I'm not going to do it. Don't stop there. I want you to take this to the limit. For example, let me take the uh, boss example that you might have trouble with your boss or a manager or superior of some sort, and they disrespect you all the time, and they do it in front of other employees, and you're really getting sick of it. And you'd love to be able to say, look, I'm happy to do this job, and I'm happy to get this report to you on time, and I'm happy to do anything you need me to do, but don't disrespect me in front of other people or even at all. 
I don't deserve that. Let's just say that that's something that you think, wow, I would love to be able to say that, but I know that I could get fired. I know that it would be a big problem. I want you to say that in your mind or go through the process of doing or saying what you would, what you'd want to do or say in your mind and imagine the scenario playing out. And don't stop until you have exhausted that scenario. And what I mean by that, let's just say that the scenario in this example, get you fired. Then you go home and you're yelled at by your significant other or a family member for getting fired. Then you're kicked out of the house or you can't afford your home anymore, can't afford where you live, so you have to move out. Maybe you move into your car. Maybe you lose your car. Maybe you're on the streets. I mean, this is the worst case scenario. You go through the worst case scenario. I want you to take this visualization to the limit. You know, do it off the air when you're not listening anymore. Go into a private room and just think about the thing that you want to do or say and play it out. Don't just stop at, oh, no, I'll get fired, so I I can't do that, so I'm not going to think about it anymore. No, I want you to take it to the limit. But really visualize it. Really think about the details. And... I'm not saying that you have to do the worst case scenario. I'm just asking you to do it and figure out what happens, but have a sense of critical thought as you do it. Critical thought in this case might be, well, I could get fired. Okay, take that to the limit and then have the same visualization again and ask yourself, well, what else could happen? Because we get stuck in these old patterns and loops that we think that's the only way this could play out. But I want you to play out alternative results, alternative consequences. Okay, so I could get fired, but what else could happen? Well, let's see. What else could happen is my boss looks at me funny and says, I didn't realize I was being insulting. I'm sorry. Oh, that's a difference. And I know people are like, yeah, right. That's not going to (laughs) happen. But you play it out. Let's just say it played out that way. What would be the next thing that happened after that? Don't just stop there. Take it to the limit. Okay, he or she says, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was disrespecting you. I'll stop doing that. Wow, what's that do? What's the next step? Well, the next step is I go into the office the next morning, and instead of yelling at me in front of the employees, he or she brings me into their office, and now we have a different conversation. He or she is still disrespectful, but we're doing it in the privacy of the office, and it actually feels better. Well, that's a difference. That could happen. Or you speak up and you say, look, I don't want to be disrespected in front of these other employees. What's another alternative? What's another timeline that could open up here? Well, if we're looking at parallel realities, what could happen next? It could be this. It could be this. Or they could yell louder. They could disrespect me more. They could point me out in front of everyone and say, look what this person's doing. Okay, what would be the next thing that happened after that? So what I'm telling you to do is to imagine these scenarios unfolding, not in the small box of thinking and patterns that you are used to, but opening it up and imagining other scenarios unfolding. It could be a series of good things that happens. It could be a series of bad and good. It could be a a whole series of bad, and you got to take it to the limit so that you know where you end up. Because here's what can happen, is that you could have all these thoughts about where it could end up, 
and 80% of the time it's all good. And then 20% of the time it's bad. But we're so focused on the 20% that we don't want to deal with it, so we don't do it, so we don't stand up, so we don't honor ourselves, and then nothing happens. And then we stay the same, and then we bring this toxic stuff into our next situation, our next job, our next day, our next relationship, whatever it is. When we don't deal with it, it stays. So this is what I'm asking you to do is think about something that you want to change or someone that you wish would change. And you know that if you said something or did something, it probably wouldn't work or you'd probably have a bad result or maybe something else. You're just too afraid to do it. You don't want to be confrontational. But let's just say you did. And so take that visualization to the limit and figure out where it goes because by doing this, what happens is that you automatically break apart the box of thinking that you were in before. You know, that small, tight box of thinking that you know the result or you believe the result so strongly that you never open the box and consider any other pathway of logic or any other result or consequence. You just know that if you did that, it would be bad news or believe that if you did that, it wouldn't be good news. So you decide not to ever travel that path and figure out it could be something else. Then after you do that, what it does is it primes your mind. It gets you ready for reality. It helps you subconsciously open up to many possibilities. And it prepares you emotionally because by visualizing all these different scenarios, if you play this full on, you'll actually experience the emotions that would happen if this stuff actually occurred. What I mean by that is if you got fired, you'd experience, oh, I got fired. Oh, this is oh, painful or whatever it is. And you're going to experience that. Oh, I don't like this feeling. But when you experience it and you survive it and you get through it, suddenly you're more prepared for it. And if it happens, then you're already mentally prepared for the next step instead of being surprised by it. So what this does is takes out a lot of the surprises that can happen too. You know, it's planning ahead, but you're doing it in a way where you're not just limiting yourself to one outcome, to one bad event. And not only is it priming your mind for a future event, it's helping you build your confidence. It's helping you make decisions. When you play out all these scenarios, your mind opens up to different ideas, different ways to say things. And when the event occurs, when you decide to finally stand up and say something or do something, the words you want to say or what you want to do is going to come more naturally. It's going to come automatically. You don't have to plan ahead and go, okay, when I get in there, I'm going to say exactly this or I'm going to do exactly that. You don't even have to think about it because all the work is happening in the deepest part of your mind, in the subconscious mind. And when all that work happens because you did all the priming, like I like to call it priming, then what you need to say will come out a lot easier and you'll be more prepared. And also this helps you prepare for the sacrifice, the scary stuff, the, the stuff that if it really does happen, oh boy, what's next? Well, you already know what's next. The worst case scenario you played out and you realize, oh, I'm, I ended up there. And yeah, of course, we don't want to end up there. But let me tell you, when I've tried this on, when I've done all these scenarios and I was able to do something or stand up for myself, it never played out as the worst case scenario because I always stood up for myself. This is the lesson I've learned over the years is that every time I've stood up for myself, it always worked out better 
because I made myself important, because I validated myself, because I cared about myself enough to take the risk of what could be sacrifice, what could be compromise. It always worked out. Again, my disclaimer is it may not work out for you. You may not get what you want, but I like to look at it as when you are standing up for yourself, when you are honoring yourself, then you feel better in yourself and your life usually goes better. Take everything I said with a grain of salt or just do what I always tell you to do. Just keep an open mind. This is what helps you step into your power. And it also gives you the ability to make firm decisions. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.